as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, also Big Shiny Robot and, you know, we've only got one movie for you this week, but it's kind of the big one, and it's the yep. one that's kind of bringing up a lot of controversy and conversation, and yep. that would be Ghost in the Shell, the big screen adaptation of the, uh, I would say, classic and kind of benchmark anime Ghost in the Shell based on a Japanese manga, which is their version of a graphic novel from the 80s, that pretty much every single sci-fi movie you've seen for the last 30 years uh, has drawn inspiration from so and video game. And, I mean, <laughs> it's pop culture in general. I mean, this was a this yeah. was a huge, huge turning point for animation and sci-fi. So the question is, how did it turn out as a big screen movie? Uh, Andy, what's in a nutshell? What's this movie about? It's the not too distant future, and humanity is constantly upgrading itself with technology. Mm-hmm. They've gone so far that a major corporation has taken upon themselves to create a full synthetic robot with a human brain. And this is Scarlett Johansson's character, the Major. Uh, And because she is so high value, she's nigh unto indestructible, but she has the intuition and heart and feelings of a human. So they put her to work doing, of course, security work. Because the military-industrial complex never rests. And uh, they are tracking down a terrorist who has been hacking into people. Because, of course, if you've got electronic nodes in the back of your neck, you can be hacked. Of course. And, uh, and he's been hacking into people and murdering people, trying to chase down a mystery. And, of course, this intersects with the Major's backstory and where she came from and the corporation that created her, and we go further and further down the rabbit hole. Um, This is lots of style, and uh, my review is that there's not a lot of substance. Uh, (laughs) Ghost in the shell, emphasis on the shell. Uh, I found this to be kind of empty, and let let me also start off. I have not seen one minute of the anime. I've not read read one page of the manga I understand how important it is but if I have a major geek blind spot it is anime I know jack about anime okay, I'm going to give uh, you my, my voodoo password after this so you can log in and watch it <laughs> okay okay. I'll, I will do that I will do that as homework because I understand how important this is um, I'm kind of glad I didn't see it before because all of my friends who have seen it and who care about it a lot are really slagging on this movie. Adam, what what were your thoughts? So it's kind of funny you mentioned how beautiful it is on the outside but hollow on the inside. Because in my review uh, for Big Shiny, I literally called it a Fabergé egg. Um, this is ah. – it's true. This is a gorgeous movie. The cinematography is amazing. This was the first time – I can honestly say that, yes, this is how to portray the style of an anime in a movie. I mean, this this felt like the anime come to life. They did a fantastic, beautiful job of that. And even the people who are its biggest attractors, and to be honest, I am kind of one of them, uh, will still sit there and say, yes, that's where it nails it. That's where it gets it right. But 
the problem is, is once you look a little bit deeper than skin deep, everything just kind of falls apart. And, you know, I, I haven't seen the anime in a long time, uh, but I do remember a lot of it because I remember being astounded by it when I first saw it. Uh, they, again, captured the look and feel, but they didn't capture the spirit. There's so much more that happens. Um, there's so many deeper subjects it gets into about religion and philosophy. And this just comes off as like pop culture 101. And... Honestly, it feels like it was just an excuse to put Scarlett Johansson in a skin-tight bodysuit and let her twirl around and shoot bad guys in the face. I'm still kind of surprised this ended up with a PG-13 rating, because uh, it definitely pushes that envelope to where it could have almost been like a mild R. But, ugh, it just it, it's empty. It's like, there's nothing happens. I mean, it's there's long stretches of time where nothing happens. It's way too in love with its own mythology. Uh, for a 100-minute movie, when we got out, I swore to God we'd been in there for two and a half hours. Uh, and I'm saying this is someone who knows where it's coming from and gets everything and, is, and knows the storyline. We went with friends who had never even seen it, and they were just like, I don't even understand why anyone liked this to begin with. And it's like, because it wasn't what it was about or what it was like. Um, yeah, there's, it's, there's nothing there. It's vapid, it's empty, it's pretty, uh, but that's about it. Wow, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't really put it better myself. The... Um... Let's talk about the rating for a minute because you're on to something there. I I mean, this goes back to the problems with the MPAA, but essentially since there were no nipples and there was no visible actual nudity, then it it counts as, as not being sexual and nudity, although you could certainly sexualize uh, that, that robot body. And... Um, and, and the violence is toned down and bloodless, but there is a lot of it and lots of people getting shot in the head, in the chest. And it is uh, cool in all the ways that The Matrix was cool, which basically shows you exactly that the Wachowskis were ripping this off and and all the other anime that they yeah. that they ripped off in creating that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, I had asked you whether this was appropriate to take my, um, my 11 year old daughter to, who's kind of into anime and you're like, yeah, I don't know. And after seeing it, I'm really glad I didn't because okay. it's just, I'm glad you didn't either. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And again, everyone's kids are different. And yeah. like I said, in our discussion, this isn't Logan or Deadpool, but I just, I, I would feel uncomfortable sitting next to an 11 year old child if I was watching it. Well, I I think also she would have just been bored because yeah, that it, too. <laughs> it, it was really, really, really boring. And in a lot of parts, I mean, there were some cool parts and I was like, oh, wow, that's neat. And then 20 minutes of not a whole lot of stuff happening and me kind of figuring out what was going on faster than the material was. And so I'm like, you know, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I, I, I get it. I get it. So why are why isn't this moving faster? I can't yeah. believe this was only a hundred minutes. This felt over two hours. I, I can't believe it. No, and that's that was my biggest complaint was we walked out. You know, you, you turn your phone back on or take it off silent, and the movie started at seven, and I was expecting to be like nine fifteen, and it was eight forty four. <laughs> like, are you wow. freaking kidding me? Um, and, and again, it's coming from someone who actually knows what's going on and enjoys the original. Um, so I guess the, the big thing we should also discuss, because this has been the this point of controversy kind of surrounding the whole movie, is the whitewashing of the character. So before yeah. we jump in too deep, they 
and reportedly, and I haven't read a lot of stuff, I remember seeing something about it, but I didn't dive in, was that they went to the creators of Ghost in the Shell, the original, the anime, and said, hey, are you cool if we cast Scarlett Johansson as Major? And apparently they were all for it. And they said, that's totally fine. You know, we don't care. We think she's a good fit. Everything else. So, of course, there's a lot of controversy about the fact that you had a white woman playing an Asian character. And if you go back and look at the anime, they don't they don't come across as Asian. In fact, a lot of the characters do come across as Caucasian. But it's from Tokyo. It takes place in Tokyo. So you would expect, yeah. you know, to kind of play true to that. And so I was able to kind of overlook that, even though it would have been cool to see an Asian actress in there because there's a lot of kick-ass ones out there. I mean, look at, I mean, Ming-Na from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's a badass. Uh, yeah. Who could have easily stepped in and done that role. But that's not the problem I have. There's some problems later on. But Andy, you, um, I want to hear what you think about it because there's two big things I'm going to bring up and I want to see if you are thinking of the same thing I am. Well, it's, it's so hard to say. I mean, the whole issue of cultural appropriation is such a minefield. Basically, I don't think that there was a way to adapt a Japanese manga or anime and not have it be problematic in some way in terms of cultural appropriation. I just think that's really not going to happen. Now, in terms of whitewashing, I I think the question is... Who, why, why does representation matter? Uh, does we can it spend about matter? Three hours. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a whole panel at Comic Con on this. <laughs> yeah, and 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 if representation does indeed matter, then it matters who roles go to, and in the same way that Scarlett Johansson fights to get equal billing with male co-actors, mm-hmm. co-leads in her films and get paid the same amount that they do, then there's there are tons and tons and tons of actors who we've never heard of who who could play these roles. Now you can make the argument, this is a business. They want to make money, and so they have to put someone like Scarlett Johansson, who has a name with this movie, to help people go see it. Mm-hmm. Well... I'm asking the question, are people going to see it because of Scarlett Johansson? Or if because there has been such an outcry, because so many people have said this is not cool, like what would have happened if you had put a relative unknown in there and been more true to the source material? Would more people have gone to see it and would you have made more money? That's an unknowable, but I think it's important to have that discussion. Um, Whitewashing, well, you put it really well, Adam, and I'm going to let you go ahead and say it. So there were there were two, my two biggest problems with this movie was, um, again, it it takes place in Tokyo, and it's kind of like a Neo-Tokyo, so it's not, you know, Tokyo of nowadays, Uh, but we only had one actor, Takeshi Kitano, who spoke Japanese, and he was yeah. the head of this group called Section 9, which is what Major works for. Kind of like a police force slash military paraforce, paramilitary type thing. He was the only person in the whole effing movie who spoke Japanese and had subtitles, and everyone around him, even Major, who obviously grew up in Tokyo and would know Japanese, speak English to him, 
and kind of the big bad guy, who we're not going to reveal who that really is, is this white dude who's constantly talking down to him. And that just grated on me so hard. Like, this is a movie that stems from Japan. It has its roots in Japan. It takes place in freaking Japan. And you're going to have one character who speaks Japanese and talk down to them and then treat him like he's a sub-character. And then the other character who speaks Japanese, you know, speaks very broken English and does so with a very thick accent and does it during a pivotal moment where it's supposed to be like, oh my god, this is so emotional. And they play off the fact that they don't speak English very well to get that emotion out to you. Like, oh, look at her. She's trying so hard. That pissed me off. Ugh. And it's kind of a plot point, so if you don't care, it's not a big thing, but this the plot involves literally, literally taking two Japanese people and turning them white. Like, that's yep. not a joke. They It's two people who were Japanese and are now white. And that's yep. when I'm like, F it, I'm out, I'm done. And that was, and that was when my score went, I was at a 5, I dropped down to, I'm at a 3.5 now, because... I'm sorry, I can't reward something or even say, eh, it's okay, which I would have been if it wouldn't have done that, something that just so blatantly just rips off a culture and paves over it. Ugh, pisses me off. And that's what this eventually comes to, because the reason that representation matters is because it sets a normative expectation. White is good, White is normal. White is standard. That's white supremacy. Yeah. And pardon my French here, but that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> and and we'll, we'll put a I will put a 13 rating on this one. <laughs> yeah, but that's really important. And that's the problem. And I didn't want to broach that until you brought that up. They literally turned two Japanese people into white people, into white robots. Like, that is not cool. Like, in you can make the case that in the anime, well, you, you can't really tell it's an anime. Okay, then those issues don't exist. You but in well, this world... You can damn well tell in a movie. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't see a problem with that, you are the problem. That you are normalizing uh, white supremacy. <laughs> and that is not cool. Yeah. And, see, and these and, are the same people... Who don't like? Oh, no, I won't go there. I, I'll go on a rant. Never mind. Ha ha. <laughs> We're already ranting. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, but that is a real, real problem. I, that was the first thing I said when I when I walked in the door and my wife asked me how was it, and I'm like, not a lot of Japanese people in that movie set in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's just unforgivable. If if they had done it so that only Scarlett Johansson and the bad guy were the only white people. Okay. Yeah, I that, can, would, I can, see, that would make I can sense. See because, that. Yeah, because you're bringing them back. So let's say you're making an army of clones. You're probably going to have, or army of cyborgs. You're probably going to want most of them to kind of look all the same. Cool. But that's fine. Like, you know, Agent, um, Agent Smith from The Matrix. Let's have yeah. all of the same and act the same way. That's totally fine because you're just making a replica of this creation. But. Again, you literally are taking someone and you're... Ah. And I'm you can make... Fucking bullshit. There, now we both yeah. have words. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the... You can... I've heard people try and engage in apologetics for this and being like, well, then that just means he was a white supremacist. I'm like, yeah, but no one pointed that out in the film. And so, it just is passed off as like... 
that that's what you do. That, yeah, of course the American guy is going to make white clones and turn Japanese people into white people. Like, if you had wanted to make that a piece of cultural commentary, you did it wrong. Yeah, because if you, you, if you normalized to... it rather than satirized it. Yeah, what you do is if, if you wanted to make that, a, again, that, that kind of commentary, is you would have someone point out to the bad guy, the F are you doing here? Like, this isn't right. Like, I don't understand. Like, you you demonize that. And instead, the bad guy is just a businessman trying to do his job. And mm-hmm. uh, just – so, again, that was I, – I was kind of angry at it just because it was a bad movie. And then when I got yeah. home, I was texting Eddie and a friend of ours, and we went back and forth for like two hours. Um, and a friend and I, I kind of raged a bit more than Eddie did. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that was at the end. I was like, I was pissed off. I'm like, no, that's that just irked me. And if you, uh, if you know, our, our friend Caitlin Booth writes for uh, Bleeding Cool. She actually yeah. did a really in-depth article about it. So if you get a chance, head over there, and, and she sums it up a lot better than I can. She's a much more eloquent, eloquent writer than I am. So uh, check her out. But she... Not only did the review, but also kind of broke down what we're talking about and um, dove just about as deep as we did, too. So she and I also were going off that night, too. So it was just a bunch of anger flying all over the place. Speaking speaking of written things, watch a little bit later this week for an article I'm going to post about whitewashing and representation and Ghost in the Shell and Iron Fist and uh, Power Rangers and... What I really want to talk about with you, Adam, and and the thing that I think punctuates this film the best, this is the anti-Power Rangers. Everything Power Rangers got right, this got wrong. And everything, and and, um, you could make the case, oh, Power Rangers, that was taken from the, the, the Japanese TV show, and that's cultural appropriation. Well, now you can see what they did and and how it worked and how that was was different and how they got a lot uh, away from a lot of those traps and how they were able to actually do it well. Now, the the best thing about Power Rangers was that had a lot of heart. And when it came down to it, it was just a story about five teenagers who felt the most teenagery thing ever, which is. I feel like I'm alone and I don't have any friends. And they find a group of friends. What's going on with me and my mom and dad don't understand and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was, in my review, that was the point is like, yeah, there's, there's dinosaurs and explosions and a giant gold monster and Elizabeth Banks being just absolutely glorious. Yeah. But at its heart, that movie was about, the best scene in that movie is when they're all sitting around the campfire talking and they're kind of like burying their souls and explaining who they are and kind of you know why they why they are the way they are and I, I will agree with you and disagree with you by saying that there was a punctuation piece on that scene and that there's a later scene in Jason's bedroom it was a missed opportunity yeah where but the but that's essentially the denouement of that campfire scene yeah and if you put the two of those together yes absolutely those are those are the two that's the best part of that movie. That is the heart of the movie. Ghost in the Shell didn't have that kind of heart. And that made me really sad. This felt like I went into this amazing restaurant with uh, all sorts of glorious reviews and backstory and history and so much potential. 
and I got fed a lot of really high quality ingredients that looked really good. And at the end of the meal, I'm kind of sitting around saying like, is that it? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not full. That didn't give me anything. There, that was a lot of air and puff and spice, but there was no there there. And while it looked really cool, and I'm sure it was breathtakingly hard to make, it just, it just didn't do it. And and you have to ask yourself, like, if I go into a movie, what am I trying to get out of it? And if it doesn't, in some way, feed your soul, that movie failed. Yeah. <laughs> and this is too lifeless, and it it doesn't delve into any of the issues that it could have and should have and it it just didn't do what it what it could have done and yeah. and that's and that's terrible and, and, you know, and all the racial stuff yeah <laughs> and that just that was just like the the rotten cherry on top uh and yeah. you know neither one of us expects every single movie to be mind-blowingly life-alteringly just spectacular I love the Fast and the Furious movies. They are vapid and stupid and just fun popcorn stuff. But you know sure. what? That's fine. And that's that was great. There's we look at all the big temple movies like Jurassic World, uh, Kingsman. They're just they're there to have fun. And Ghost we were Shell, just talking about how Power Rangers was yeah. great. Come on, Power Rangers is amazing. And like and even despite the problems we have with it, that's so far one of my favorite movies of the year. Just because, like I said, there, there was more to it than just Zords fighting Goldar. It was it was hard to it and. I've had so much fun, even more so, is talking with friends and kind of reliving what it would like to be that 12-year-old kid who would rush home after school to watch Power Rangers, and that's that that's something kind of fun to relive. But, yeah, a movie doesn't have to be Citizen Kane every single time. No. The problem with Ghost in the Shell was that it couldn't figure out what it wanted to be, and when you've got something that is so deep as the original the source material... Either you had to go all for it or just do something completely different, and they couldn't make up their minds and tried to kind of half-ass it, and then threw in all the racial stuff and made it shitty. So anyways, I'm at a 3.5. That's probably higher than I should go, but again, the cinematography is gorgeous. Uh, if you have to see it, which I don't recommend, buy a ticket to something else and then go sneak in. <laughs> um, I'm at a 4, I think only because having not seen the original it's probably easier for me to feel less disappointed in it. And it's just like, oh, it's just kind of a crappy movie rather than like, oh, there was all of this other great potential and source material that it, that it should have been, been better as. So, but yeah, basically. Cool. So there it goes. Uh, Nothing much good this week. I mean, to be honest, but as you can tell, (laughs) we're still recommending power Rangers. Uh, That's, that's still a lot of fun. But there's a ton of good things out there. You've got Logan, Get Out. Uh, go see the Lego Batman movie, because that, that's still yep. yeah, one of my favorite ones out there. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, next, we've only got Going in Style, which is the old folks knock over a bank movie, I believe, with Yay. Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. And I, all I know about it is what I've seen from the poster. I've never even seen a trailer. So that's actually kind of fun to go into a movie literally knowing nothing about it. So we'll have that next week. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Gas tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly. Punk ass fly.